I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. This is another shorter episode of the Food About Town Podcast. For now, I'm calling these the FAT Singles. This is a podcast I recorded out in Boston at my friend Brian's house. We talked about all the food and drink places we went to over the last trip I made to Boston. A nice diverse little slate of what's going on and uh, what's going on there right now. Some of our favorites we go to often and some newer places as well. So if you ever happen to go out towards Boston, I think this will be an interesting little primer. Of course, there's tons to do out there, but still, I think this captures a nice little slate of good spots in and around Boston. So hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please tag me at Stromy on Twitter or Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook. And thanks for listening to this FAT Singles. And if you hate the name, please let me know and I will reconsider and try something else in the future. See you soon. live from the beautiful streets of newton massachusetts this is another segment of the food about town podcast and i'm here with my good friend mr brian chu hello hi so we're, we're here in boston and th- this is one of my regular road trips from from rochester so i figured we had a jam-packed what a day and a half not even a day and a half really. day and a half two days whatever it is and Fair we should go through and talk about a few of the spots that we hit. Some were new, some are the places we've gone a several, lot of, several times. A, a lot of times. Well, you've gone a ton of times, and then I've gone a few. More than your share for an outsider. Yeah, exactly. So I drove out Friday afternoon and we hit a new spot in where where was this one? This was in Brookline Village. Brookline Village. So this is a Blossom Bar. We'd been to the original one of these, which is in... So the original one is the Baldwin's Bar in Woburn. Yeah, so that's like north north of the city by, like, what, 40 minutes? About 40 minutes, 45 minutes north of Boston. Yeah, we were. I was, I was out for a curling tournament. We were staying right near there. And this it's this combination high-end cocktail bar with Szechuan-style Chinese food. And this new one that opened is the same kind of thing, except for it's... The old one's kind of more plush and like a renovated old house, while this one is kind of of the moment styled restaurant. Much more modern, more clean. But it was it was his family's old, uh, the original restaurant, and he like the one in Woburn, He converted this this restaurant into his concept. Right. So this is like like Szechuan food and then high end cocktails. Like the guy had won like. He'd been like named as one of the best cocktail places in America in the past. Yep, and I think he won a couple a couple awards for best bartender as well. Yeah, so this was um, it was great after a long drive out here. I did a drive and we directly went there after I got here, and I was pretty much a mess. So we <laughs> went in and had some uh, delightful uh, dry fried chicken, 
the um, which is kind of a that's one of the Szechuan basic dishes almost, like little pieces of chicken with uh, Szechuan seasoning. This one was actually it was actually more savory than Szechuan-y as far as I thought. It's more savory, a little more sweet than usual, but but delicious. I mean, delicious. very well cooked. Um, and we had some dry fried uh, green beans as well with pickled cabbage. And that was delicious. Yeah, and it was just a whole pile of green beans, which when you're eating just a, like, it's basically like a pile of fried chicken, and then you need the vegetables to kind of cut down from there. Or else it's just kind so of it, a lot. It becomes too much after a while, especially with only two people. Yeah, and we, we polished those off pretty pretty yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, I'd say so. And then it helped balance all the drinks we had there. It helped balance everything out nicely as well. Yeah, and I thought, you know, the, the drink menu they had was very um, very tiki-focused, tiki, I thought. Tiki, tropical, but they oh. still kind of went back to their uh, classic roots. Yeah, tiki-focused, but you can tell they're, it's all grounded in well-thought-out cocktails, a lot of balance. Yeah, the, um, what I read a while ago is that Blossom Bar is more rum focused and more tiki focused in general which is fine yeah because the the drink i had was kind of a it's not a negroni variant but it's not that far away they had chinara two different kinds of aged rum and uh camparo antica so it's it's it has in that same vein of ingredients but you know with that rum focus it was very rounded very smooth which it's not usually what we like we don't usually like Rounded and smooth. Usually, like, aggressive and nasty. But with the hot chicken? Yeah. It, it was nice to It kind of worked out nice. So, that place, I mean, we'll definitely be going back to. Right across the street from one of our favorite sandwich places. Cutties. Good old Cutties. Yeah, and that's... It's, it's kind of the, the crusty bread, more balanced sandwich place. It's not like, you know, in Rochester. not like Tabela's, where it's just a ton of meat in a sandwich. This is a little more restrained on everything. You know, better... You know, different kind of bread, uh, that more, I don't know what to call that, um, artisan bread. Yeah. You know, that, that crusty bread with balanced toppings. I love that spot, and they too. Do, and they do all of their own cured meats, I believe. Yeah, and that, that, that place is awesome, so it's another one of our regular stops here. Um, and then after that, because we couldn't leave well enough alone, we went to which what is, I think, the place that we almost always go when I get into town, which is the... Audubon Bar in the Fenway neighborhood. Correct. Um, and that is kind of the casual, casual, nicer cocktail place where it's not, it's hard to describe. It's a, it's a, it's a modern place, very comfortable. It's a cross uh, between a modern place and a neighborhood bar. Yeah, except for it also they do really good, good craft cocktails. It's not, there's no pretension at all. It's just... Um, it's just good cocktails. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's almost not quite an afterthought, but it's not like it's not special. It's just a place that does good cocktails. Correct. And it's kind of in the middle. It's not quite close enough to Fenway to become a tourist trap bar, but it's not far enough away so that they just get locals. So you get the mix, you get the crossover between travelers and the locals so it's usually it's usually busy i'm sure you get a lot of people around baseball time yeah during and after games during after before before uh they're right on the boston marathon run oh so it gets swamped most days i'd have to imagine but that 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 place is we we end up going there most times after we get into town they always treat us well yeah absolutely uh good food too yeah, they um, it's had, a lot of comfort food uh, raised up. They changed the menu to mostly, they do a lot of um, 
San Diegan type food. Oh well, that's I mean that's that's simple good food though. Tex Mex and whatnot. yeah, which good. make wait makes sense. Very approachable though. Um, so that kind of tapped us out Friday night. So that was three hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the three hours we kind of jammed a lot in. Um, Saturday morning we made the beeline to Chinatown because, I mean, it's hard not to end up going there when I'm here. I mean, any city with a you know with a real Asian neighborhood. Yeah, we, it was also one of the only things that's actually open at seven or eight in the morning. Which, for whatever reason, there's no there's no like actual nights of sleep. You know, it's getting to bed and, and getting up way too early. So we were there, what before eight o'clock, right? We were there just at opening. Just was... at opening at eight o'clock, and this the place we did go to, which is uh, it's a dim sum place, and this is the kind of dim sum place that you know we have we have a little bit of. The cart service in Rochester at uh, the Cantonese House in Henrietta. This is kind of that amped up uh, to ten, just because it's a huge place. It's a giant room, and when we got there, it was it wasn't by any means full, but I'd say for that kind of room, it was like a quarter full. A quarter full, but they had just opened. Yeah, and there was a you know a lot of the people were eating you know like the kanji porridge. It's kind of a breakfast thing. We did not eat that. We had, we had, we had a diverse little suite of things. Right. So we started off with some form of tripe. Yeah. So that was my choice. Everything else Brian picked, I picked a bowl of tripe, um, which I, I, I got. I got some. I got some respect from the uh, older guy next to us. Um, he he gave me the thumbs up. He saw me picking the tripe off the cart, and he looked over. I don't know if he was surprised or what, but he saw me pick the tripe up, and he looked over and smiled really big and gave me the thumbs up. I, I was I was very heartened by that. <laughs> the, good, the, good, the good thing about the morning the morning shift is it's mostly uh, locals. It's all the people that live downtown, and it's not quite the brunch crowd, the eleven to one brunch crowd. So. Yeah, it definitely crosses over into people coming in from out of Chinatown area. Um, not quite tourists, but you know, touristy people coming into taste and it was nice we were around mostly you know chinatown locals and yeah we had, we had some delightful food what was the the pig we had some pig joints pig knuckle or pork knuckle uh, yep. with black, fermented black beans that was delicious we had a couple of the basics we usually get yep. you know the the barbecue pork buns you had some uh chasu baos and i think the last one was something called lo my guy which is sweet sticky rice stuffed with a hodgepodge of meats and usually Chinese sausage wrapped in a lotus leaf and steamed. Yeah, and that was that one was super satisfying. I mean, the the rice kind of got perfumed by the again mishmash of meats. You know, everything from that sweet Chinese sausage with like wine in it to the uh, chicken thigh to ground uh, pork. ground pork. Definitely ground pork. It was um, it was delightful. Really simple, but and really tasty. Surprisingly light. Yeah, and you know, throw a little bit of uh, chili garlic sauce on there, and it was kind of kind of perfect. And that was our that was our first stop, and then first, that's first first breakfast. Yeah, and then I decided to completely ruin myself for the rest of the day by doing back to back specialty coffee in and around in and around that area, literally right next door. Yeah, so we. We walk back to the car, and I check, hey, where's the nearest specialty coffee place? And it turns out it was right across the street from our dim sum spot. And so we walked all the way back there 
to uh, Grace Note, uh, Grace Note Chinatown. I think they have another location as well, but this is the Chinatown location. And man, this this was this completely hit the spot. I had this uh, micro lot Colombian espresso that was just fantastic. Uh, kind of shop they do they do sell their coffee uh, to different places around the area. So if you want to check out other places in and around the Boston area to find it, you can search for Grace Note Coffee on Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y.com. And you can check out the other places in the area, and you'll also see where this location is. It was really fantastic stuff, though. Um, what'd you get? You had a... I had a cold brew nitro. I'm not a, not quite even in the same stratosphere as a coffee nerd, but... It was delightful, and I don't handle caffeine well, so Well, he, he doesn't handle caffeine well, but I don't drink a ton of coffee during the week, and <laughs> I ended up, we had that in one, you know, an espresso's fine, that doesn't affect me, but they, I asked the question, which I always ask, is where else should I get specialty coffee in town, and they recommended this place in, was this, uh, Cambridge? It's, it's right on the border of Cambridge and Somerville, just outside uh, Harvard Square. And this was a broadsheet, and they said it was one of the lighter roasted coffees in town, which I, I that would kind of drew me in like a moth to the flame, uh, which is pretty apt description of what happened. So I go in, and I, I said that they sent me over. The guy proceeds to give me three different samples of of coffee. He gave me, you know, a hot coffee, a nitro, a cold brew. Yeah, and this this is the kind of place, it's it's kind of, it's taking the, you know, it's very conscientious, the kind of place, like, they're not doing soy anymore, they're switching to oat milk because it's better for the environment, um, very socially conscious, which I think is kind of, you know, it's kind of coming on right now, and, you know, I think it's, it's a good thing, and it's, I think it's, it can be a challenge for people when you're going in because of how, uh, how conscious they are. But what I can say for damn sure is that this um, iced Ethiopian coffee that they had on tap was fantastic. Um, super fruity and light, bright. It, it had none of that, you know, soft, sour, aged flavor of a lot of iced coffees. This was absolutely dynamite. But I proceeded to ask for no ice and pounded the whole thing. And, and he filled the cup. Completely. Yeah, I was I was ruined for the rest of the day. It it shot in my head. Um, I'm thrilled that I had it. It was fantastic, but I was a, I was a mess for the rest of the day. You were not good. No, you're not good. Um, we still made it out to um, Framingham to go to the Springdale Brewery, which is part of the Jack's Abbey family, um, and. For Jack Sabby stuff, and I think Springdale now, you can get a lot of it in and around Rochester. Jack Sabby stuff is widely available on tap, and you can get cans in a lot of different stores. Uh, highly recommended. But Springdale is their, is Jack Sabby's other arm where they do a lot of barrel-aged stuff. We had some fantastic sours, some on cask. Yeah, so one of them was a cognac-based, a cognac-aged... Oh, lager. Lager. Yeah, and that was on cask. Uh, you know, it didn't quite, it didn't have the carbonation, but I thought the flavor was fantastic. Um, and I had a apricot sour that was finished and that was, that's like right on that sour edge that I like. 
and think I had a peach and ginger sour. Similar was, construction, though. It was delicious. You know, I'd say it's solidly medium sour, good barrel flavor, but really balanced. The kind of thing, it's it's great on a hot day. Not quite like a goza where it's super refreshing, but you like it cold. You like it on a nice on a nice day, and it was actually a beautiful day yesterday in Boston. Yeah, and even without even out in Framingham at Springdale, it was packed there because they typically it's a rather large um, tasting room, so they do yoga there and they have all the games. Yeah, there was a big birthday party that came in. There was yoga. We we got a pizza and a pretzel from the Jack's Abbey uh, kitchen right next door, uh, which was important because apparently we, even though we had dim sum in the morning, you know we only had four things there. It wasn't that much food. And then with only that small lunch, we kind of made it to our dinner without completely falling apart. Yeah, that was... Note to self, if you're going to do this, with this coffee and beer, you should have more food. Yeah, I think that's the lesson of the day. Although what we did end up with was some really uh, fantastic place that we've been talking about for a while, but I haven't been. I had been twice, and it's called Little Donkey, and it's in... Central Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, and that's, uh, what is uh Jamie Bissonette and, and uh, Ken, Ken Oranger. Oranger. Yeah. They have a few different restaurants in town. Was it like Toro? and Toro, Uni. I think it used to be Uni. Yeah, and it's, uh, they're, you know, established restaur- restaurateurs here in, here in the area. And this place is kind of the, eh, it's, it's very on trend. It's with the, Small plates. Yep, small plates, large variety. Yeah, some smaller than others, and it's not restricted to, like you'd call it tapas, but it's not really, there's some Spanish, but it's not really a Spanish menu. It's very diverse when it comes to the cuisines. And and what we had are three choices, or three or four choices, I believe, essentially exemplifies that, that that variety of cuisine. Yeah, we had small bite tuna tartare. Which was, they were like the size of an amuse-bouche, you know, kind of one bite, tuna tartars. But it was served on uh, crispy uh, crispy rice with sesame oil, really solidly seasoned, where each bite was an explosion. And it kind of, the kind of bite where you're, you're really happy that you had it. Um, I would have eaten like five of those. Easily. Instead of one and a half bites. But... Uh, they were they were fantastic. Um, we had the their buffalo style chicken sandwich. Yeah, they had with the buffalo. What was the hot and messy version? Yeah, this was and they had like a green papaya salad, a lot of sauce. It yeah. was you know it was one of those sandwiches where if you just tasted it and didn't know what went into it, you're like, oh, well, it's a chicken finger sub with a little bit of crunchy stuff on there. And, you know, growing up in Buffalo, finger subs were kind of a thing. So the flavors were super recognizable. And it, if you didn't think about the construction too much, you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of the it's such a simple sandwich, but it was very well executed. Good crunch, good sauce, a lot of balance, um, but still very approachable, very approachable sandwich. Um, and then the last thing we had a uh, Israeli hummus. Yeah, it was definitely of that style. It had a little bit of sumac on it. A uh, looked like a little chili oil, some uh, spring peas, and this uh, nicely charred uh, wheat-based flatbread. 
which was great. You know, that extra char flavor really helped the whole dish. And uh, I thought the cocktails were really good, too. Yeah, the, the bartenders there were, were fantastic. Yeah, we sat at the bar. We didn't get reservations when we looked. The earliest reservation was 10.30. And they open at 5. Right, so we, we showed up at 5, walked in, sat at the bar, had a, had a great time. Definitely my one of my favorite things to do. I know I've mentioned it here before, but sitting at the bar and enjoying. I think you get part, you get a show too. You know, we we almost always have good conversation at the bar. Good conversation, you you hear the banter between the staff, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of ball busting going on that that evening, which I thought was fantastic. Very friendly, of course. But you know, it's that inner staff. You know, everybody knows each other too well, and it was. I enjoyed it. We had a good conversation with the bartender. Served yep. uh, one of his old drinks for me. Nice mezcal drink. Yep, and even their mocktails were there. Yeah, there. I was, again, I was a bit of a mess when I got there, so I'm like, I, alcohol's a bad idea to start. It's like you were going back ten years. Right. <laughs> back when I, I would come out and, you know, I, I wouldn't have any, because I didn't drink at the time, I would only have those kind of things. And the one that he served me was fantastic it was uh ginger uh ginger ginger beer and maple as a sweetener and it was zingy this is the kind of ginger you know you're eating ginger no doubt about it and what what was yours mine was uh it had rittenhouse rye um i think lemon juice and rhubarb oh yeah yeah that was very it yeah. was a nice drink. It had a nice tart at the end. Yeah, a lot, very balanced. That was uh, with the yellow chartreuse. Was yeah, that yellow yeah. chartreuse. It's not, very balanced. It's not something I usually have, but I wanted to try something different. Well, yes. we, we we kind of edged towards the green side of chartreuse. Well, things that are just pure gasoline after a while. Yeah, yeah, because that's it's definitely, and I, I do blame you for this, uh, for okay introducing me to this whole style of of cocktails. Where it's basically it's not all fl- where it's not all sugar and flavor. Yeah, it's kind of just jammed with spirits, spirits, and maybe some juice. Aggre- I just call it aggressiveness. They're very aggressive. Yeah, very assertive, and that's like I I got a taste for it, and sometimes it's hard to go back to. You can enjoy the balance of a drink, but you're you. I definitely have the taste for those more assertive spirit driven drinks now. it's almost like the drink is too nice to you yeah you want it to have this bite this edge and it it, it really lodges into your brain that hey this this is the kind of drink i like where it's you gotta sip it there's no you can't pound this kind of drink which is on purpose well and you can which is just a bad idea it's just it's on the level of bad ideas yeah um so, I mean, we didn't we didn't eat a ton there. I mean, we had three small plates between us, but it, it was a satisfying dinner. Just not, certainly not walking away full by any right. Means. That's it's you would probably have to be so. Usually, they say it's about three to four plates per person for to be full. Yeah, and I I thought if we would have done two and a half, if we had done two more, we would we would have been satisfied, very satisfied, not quite to fully full. Um, you know, it depends on what you got. Right. But I, you know, I'd say that, you know, one to two more would have gotten us a bit more, but I think we were done at that point. The place was getting pretty busy and it was, you know, I, I really enjoyed our experience there. 
Um, it was definitely the better of the two of those places that we went to. What was the last one we did? Um, we did the Italian, the Italian one, I think, when you and I went. I don't before. recall. I don't recall. It was the one with pizza. A Brewer's Fork? No, no, it was the, their their place that had pizza. I don't remember what it's oh, called. Oh, Copa. No. Copa. Yeah, I think I I really enjoyed this concept. Um, I think I ordered wrong at the other place, uh, but this this was fantastic, and I'm excited to go back and try more of that menu. It was really tasty. I'm more excited to let them make drinks for me because they had this deconstructed, essentially grapefruit. Cocktail. Oh yeah, that was really cool. It was really were, cool. They had basically there was a hollowed out hollowed out grapefruit, yeah. and they had a pre-batched cocktail that went in with soda water and ice and lots of ice. They used a ton of crushed ice there, which yeah. is not something I'm used to. They had a ton of crushed ice there, which makes me think that that um, that cocktail is probably dense, mm. very dense, for sure. And then we uh, we ended up back at Brian's place, debating. I don't know. We were philosophizing and figuring out life. Which is part of these kind of visits. It's always a fun conversation. Oh yeah, there was yeah way too much talk, but we ended up not going to any place before they closed. And yes, and pizza places that close at nine p.m. not a big thing. Not a big fan of. Yeah, I don't get it. Like it, a lot of places in in like Western New York and Rochester, like pizza places are open to like eleven o'clock or midnight, especially on Friday or Saturday. The place right down the street from him. Calls it nine o'clock, nine o'clock on a Friday. Who calls on it a nine Saturday? It's Saturday. Who calls it nine o'clock on a Saturday as a pizza place? Doesn't make any sense. That don't make no sense. So, so we ended up cooking like half a bag of full bag. Was it a full bag? Jesus Christ! <laughs> of uh, of frozen uh, frozen dumplings and finishing them in a pan and chili oil and soy and it was. We had way too many, but it was kind of perfect at that point of the evening. Yep. One of those lazy things where you don't want to do anything and there's nothing open. Right, the lazy thing where you make dumplings. We didn't make them, you know, but, you know. Someone else, actually, they're, they're actually handmade or they're they're made in Boston. Yeah, they so were good, though. They're really, not. Really tasty. Yeah, so they're, they're really good. I enjoy them. Uh, and then, you know, this uh, this morning before, you know, before I was, I'm leaving, we took a trip out. And the weird thing, unbeknownst to me, but when I started exploring, Boston actually has two fantastic bagel places. Now, these are definitely on the scale of uh, hipster bagel places. These aren't uh, these aren't your classic bagel places. These ones are these ones are, are artisan. They're artisanal bagels, and you know a lot of micro blisters. Really, I, I enjoy them a lot. No, these are also a lot more expensive. You know, we're talking dollar fifty to two dollars per bagel with nothing on it. And we made the trip out to Jamaica Plains. Yeah, Jamaica Plains is about ten minutes south of Boston. And it's just well, well, the other place Stromy is talking about is Bagel Source, which is on the north side in Somerville or Somerville Cambridge line. Right, so. and that that place is fantastic. That was the first one I went of this style here, and. This is kind of like that craft bagel where it's a little they're a little more crusty um, you know the crackly crust chewy inside it was really tasty and this one we went to uh, this was Exodus bagels 
I had we'd had them once before at uh, the Trillium. Yeah, Trillium pop up. Trillium. Oh, so Trillium has their main distribution in Canton, and they don't have a kitchen there. So lo and behold, they have some of the better places come by that have mobile shops. So Exodus was there, I think. Yeah, that was really that was fantastic. We had gone and right when they opened, and we hadn't eaten, so it was kind of like kind of perfect. And they're. I love the consistency they had. We we grabbed a few, brought them back here, warmed them up. Uh, they served. We had a roasted garlic cream cheese, which had actual cloves of garlic in it. Shock, you know, it, it tasted like real real food. And I was I'm continually impressed by what they're doing uh, between those two places. And the kind of thing I really hope we get we get some of that uh, in in and around us at some point. You know, these really well-formed, thought-out um, bagels. And they won't, they're not cheap. They can't be. Because I think it's just more more hand effort. Um, but, I gotta say, they were absolutely fantastic. And because I just have this, like, innate sense... This spider, spe- spider sense for specialty coffee? Yeah, we were driving down a side street, and I was looking around, and I saw, I saw on the side of the road, I'm like... That looks really white in there. Not not white people. Um, don't don't laugh at me. Like it had like white subway tiles, and it was minimal design, and there were people people sitting around like that looks like a specialty coffee place. There were a couple beanies in there too. There, there were a couple beanies. Yeah, uh, it turns out it was specialty coffee, and this was uh, Seven Pond. This was right right in that area where we about were. three blocks away from Exodus Bagels. Yeah, and they were serving uh, Barrington Coffee, which I think they have a couple locations in the city of Boston. Yeah, they're the one we usually go to is in the Seaport District. Yeah, which was where we picked up Trillium Beer before. It was kind of their old location before they made their whole brewing situation out in Canton. Correct. Um, but yeah, this uh, Barrington Coffee, another quality specialty coffee place here, uh, here in and around Boston. And Seven Pond did a really nice job, had a nice natural Ethiopian shot. And I'm definitely not doing another coffee today, so I don't ruin myself on the drive back, which I'm about to make. And man, I think I think that's about it. We we polished this off. We we really burned through these places today. That's what happens when you do all this in a day and a half, essentially. Yeah, a day and a half. So it's too many. Well, thanks for having me again, Brian pleasure you're always welcome and except certain days except certain days well thanks for talking on the podcast and i don't know if this is the first or second part of this because i'm recording it now i might just cut this part out but we'll be right back